On this week's Bet the Process podcast, Rufus and I are going to try to stay focused when there's an unbelievable Game 5 baseball game going on and talk a lot about... What do we talk about, Rufus? We talked a lot about... The- we, talk, we talk about parlays. Uh, oh, yeah. William Hill not playing out on parlays. Stanford, Stanford Steve's teasers. We, we take a shot at our friend Stanford Steve. So Stanford Steve, you're listening to this. You're welcome to come on the podcast. And with that, let's start the process. Bet the process. Bet, 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 bet the process. Welcome to the podcast. Bet the process. It's not that typical cookie cutter nonsense. If you came just for picks, you're in the wrong place. Find a talent with the narrative to make a strong case. Instead of blindly assuming a team must be tanking, we're looking for the edge of Massey Peabody rankings. Crunching all the numbers in a simulated system that break down the data analytically driven. Media coverage of sports gambling is pathetic. Welcome to week six of the NFL, week seven of college football. Uh, Bet the Process podcast starring myself, Jeff Ma. Hey, do you know how to spell my full name, my first name? Jeffrey. Yeah, J-E-F-F-R-E-Y. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Jeffrey Kevin Ma. I have friends Ma. that I've been friends with for a long time that didn't know how to spell my name correctly. They spelled it J-E-F-F-E-R-Y. So like Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, that's how he yeah, spells it. Like Alshon Jeffrey. Um, and Rufus Peabody. Uh, Rufus is a dog's name. I was just with my son, and he wanted me to stay in his room with him because he didn't want to go to sleep. And I said, I got to go record my podcast with my friend Rufus. And he goes, Rufus, what's a Rufus? And I was like, um, it's a dog's name. And he goes, you record your podcast with a dog? He, didn't, he thought that was cool. That'd be cool <laughs> to do a podcast with a dog. It would be very cool. It would be cool. So... We haven't done game grades in a while. We haven't. Can I guess? Can I? This is kind of fun when I try to guess what the top game grades were last week. Um, by the way, I, I was, like that. I was just busy. I just got done sweating the Appalachian State and the under, which looks like it's going to be a double winner for those of you guys who were there. Okay, oh, man, I, I was slightly on Louisiana Lafayette plus one for what's. Uh, I have the I have the baseball game on in the background. Well, why would you? Why would you have the baseball game on instead of the Appalachian State game? Yeah, because I'm I'm a DC native, and I kind I'm of just kidding. Of course, watch you have the baseball game on. The baseball game is a winner-take-all playoff game, um, and I'm talking about a Wednesday night game between two teams that have only been in Division One FBS. Well, Appalachian State's only been for a few years, but I don't know how long Louisiana Lafayette has been. Is I bet it's been like ten years from now. Well, now they're now they're the one true Louisiana team because they're, I think on ESPN they're no longer Louisiana Lafayette, they're Louisiana. Why is that? I don't know. They're, that's it, how it their abbreviation me. is everywhere. If someone can answer that question and then also can tell me how mosquitoes kill so many people every year, that would be great. Yeah, I was right on that. I know. So, well, are you sure you were right, or do you just think you were right, validated by one person on Twitter saying you were right? I mean, there was a graphic. They sent a graphic, and it looked convincing. Okay. Okay. So one thing I've learned, one thing I've learned about your game grades is they definitely incorporate your ratings in them in that like, I'm guessing that you had Maryland very high last week. Yeah. Wait, so I mean, I I think that's not something I've hidden. Because Rutgers, Rutgers, your expectation, right? In that game was that you thought Rutgers was a play. 
So because Maryland covered by so much bait and, and it was like counter to what your play was, that makes it even more so. I bet like Tulane was another big winner in your that's, – That's a good point. And you're, you're and spot on with both those. Those are the seventh and sixth uh, best game grades, Tulane and, and Maryland. Because you're right, because it's LSU. relative to expectation. Right, LSU? Wait, but I had a play on LSU. I know, but it's still – So that still makes it harder. But that, are they a top ten They're, play? Number two. There you go. You're on fire. Are you, you're probably just looking at the, when I tweeted this out and just acting dumb. I, don't, I think I don't even follow you on Twitter. I think I've blocked you on Twitter. Oh, I've muted you. Actually, muted. I, it's 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 a lot. Tell. It's a lot more humane. What I've done. You, you can't have to be. What I've done. Treat a dog humanely, please. Treat animal rights humanely. I bet USF was big for you. Uh, in the game grades, South yeah. Florida uh, number twenty-five. So normally you tend to think that I like the teams in, you know, I like the big blowouts, right? But this week, no, you know, it's not that. So the reason I thought South Florida was, was because they're a road team. They're only giving 10, but I guess UConn sucks so bad that it's just not, you're not going to, you're not going to be able to do very much there in the game grade situation because they suck so bad. Uh, Oh, I bet Cincinnati did well. Cincinnati, where the hell are they? Oh, it was a close game, so maybe they didn't. Um, number 39. Whoa. Wow. And UCF actually was number 31. So this is a well, game actually, where we thought that... But, you know, but actually, you thought Cincinnati should be favored in that game. That was something we talked about on Bet the Process last week. I did. You thought they should be minus three. And something. you know how much they won by, Jeff? They won by three. You're- three. Vegas, I mean, Rufus knows. Rufus, Rufus knows. Hashtag Rufus knows. Actually, let's try to get that trending on Twitter. Hashtag Rufus knows. Uh, why don't you go over the top five? Okay. Uh, number one was Georgia, a 43-14 winner at Tennessee in a game where I had Tennessee. And But that's interesting because Tennessee... And if, well, it, it would have won if it wasn't... Yeah, the, the, Tennessee like kept right. it close early, and, and Tennessee would have covered... And they had covered. Four, I mean, they were on bad beats with uh, Scott Van Pelt. Yeah, they had the ball like inside the five um, at the end, but before that, there was a you know fumble return for a touchdown by Georgia like midway through the fourth quarter. So they're number one. Georgia's number one. LSU number two with their beatdown of Utah State. And I think the one winning bet I... Pick I gave. I think I went like one and three, hmm. um, if I remember correctly. And no one wants to hear that you actually did fine in college football because that just I, sucked. That you're right. Um, Oklahoma, Oklahoma against Kansas, even though they only won forty-five to twenty. That was kind of a surprise to me to see that. Yeah, and Kansas covered, and I was on Kansas. Yeah, so maybe that's part of the reason. Um, yep. Wisconsin number four, Wisconsin forty-eight nothing against Kent State. Um, Kent cover. I was on Kent State as well. Mm-hmm. I, I'm seeing a trend here. Um, per, uh, then Penn State over that's Purdue, what I was, 35 that's to seven. What I was saying, right? Like you, when things go counter to what you're like, when there's a big delta between what you expected and what happened, that tends to show really well in your game grades. Yes, exactly, because it is controlling for what I perceive my what Massey Peabody what perceives to be the. To be- the good teams. Yeah, well, if, opponent. You your, if you reran your game grades, not based on what Massey Peabody thinks, but basically based on what the market thinks, what how things would look differently. And we're defining market based on the line, but then I'd have to extrapolate yeah, player on, ratings, or, sorry, team line, ratings from all the lines. Even though closing line value doesn't mean anything. The closing line. Sure. But it's not just what the line is, right? 
So I, I got I got your little joke there. Don't worry. Yeah, I understand. Um, I understand what you're saying. You're saying like that's just relative to those two teams, so it's not relative yes. to the world. Yeah, and and what matters is the world globally for these things. So, um, like in China. He, yes, like right. in China. Um, our good friend Daryl Morey, I hear, is visiting China. I hear he's maybe taking down the entire NBA right now. Dude, that's. I love seeing a man it's with power. Crazy! It's it's crazy to think about what's happening there. Without commenting on like what's right and what's wrong, the notion of how much money he may have cost the NBA is insane. Because yeah. you know how much money China and Chinese companies, etc., paid the NBA. It's a lot. A lot. And it's just crazy to think about that one tweet could have that big of an impact. I mean, seems crazy. like an overreaction to me. By China. By but. China? <laughs> mm. It's just funny. I didn't that say that. I didn't say that. China. I'm not, you know, I'm. No, I, know, I kind of agree. I love with my you. Chinese like, overlords. Like, They're fine. They're great people. Fantastic. It seems like, it seems like uh, something that like Trump might do, right? Like if he had that kind of power, he might try to do this. I just saw Trump today. Petty. Trump said that, that um, the Kurds never, the Kurds didn't help the U.S. during World War II. They weren't there on the beaches of Normandy. And I was like, that's actually correct. Trump, Trump with a fact. Yes, yeah. actually correct. It was correct. So uh, here's a question for you then. Um, who do you think the top team was in a losing effort? Ooh, I do like those questions. This is like the Academy Awards. Top team in a losing effort. You already know that you you see well UCF graded higher than Cincinnati despite losing, but they were number thirty one. So there are um, top team in a losing effort. There were there were three teams in the top thirty with in losses. Top thirty that lost last week. Top, top thirty in game grades. In a losing effort. Um, I mean. Give me, give me like a conference. Your first thought should just be to think of the best teams that played and didn't win, right? Right. If, if I give you the conference, it gives it away. Because it's like a one conference team or something? SEC. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you have to, it has to be the SEC, right? Because it has to be a team that is playing a, a team that's really good and all the good teams, it seems like, well, are on the SEC. What was the like marquee game last week? It's not Florida, it's not Auburn, is it? It's Auburn. But Auburn only scored 13 points. I was going to say Auburn. I was going to guess them. Okay. Right. But they, they, they lost to a good Florida team. Um, they lost 24 the 13. Yeah, 24 to 13. You want to you wanna go after number, number two and three then? Number two losing. No, because like the, uh, the only reason I don't like this is like it's just me sitting here scrolling through scores and it's like really boring podcastness. Wait, that's cheating. You're supposed to be doing How about this. BC? BC? No. No. Um, because Louisville sucks. North, it's Northwestern, yeah, I was thirteen saying. to ten loser, and then Michigan State, a thirty-four to ten loser. Okay. And then after that, Iowa. So, ten, even though they only scored three points, yeah. Okay, not okay. interesting. No, sort not interesting like at all. Figuring out who the uh, who the committee is going to pick, not interesting. Um, do you want to talk about this Stanford Steve three point three team ten point teaser? Explain what's going on there and how silly it is. Yeah. And yeah, first so, of all, Stanford Steve, wonderful human being, uh, knows a, t- a shit ton about college football. 
not an analytics guy by any means and not what I would call an advantage player. I think he's shown over the past few seasons that he's been able to beat the line on his like column and podcast picks and things like that. Which, by the way, is pretty impressive if he's not an analytics guy. Yeah. I mean, I he mean, and Felica both do it. I mean, they both are, are very strong in, in giving out picks on their podcast. And they're not obviously charging for anything. They're not touts. They're, they're just good guys trying to pick games. Um, you know, but they are more the common man than the, the nerd man that we are. Um, did you listen to that John Murray and Kelly podcast where they mention us? I didn't. Oh, well, I actually listened to it just because I, I didn't listen to the whole thing. I listened you, to it. You're well, trying to get brownie points here, huh? It was, all, it was all John. So Kelly was basically talking about how no one in the real media is helpful at all when it comes to sports betting. And no one really knows, and you can't really learn anything from anyone. And John actually made the point. Um, I actually listened to – he's like, oh, I listened to the, these two guys, Jeff Mon, Rufus Peabody, Bet the Process, and I learn a lot from that podcast. And I was, and that was like a really nice thing for him to say. And then Kelly like said something. I mean, she didn't really, she didn't say anything bad or good, but she basically said, don't you think people like that are just too smart for their, their talk over people and all that. And and I think we try to make a really big effort to make our stuff accessible to people and talk through things. And it just kind of annoyed me that Kelly said that without actually even like having listened to what we have. Cause I think that if she listened to our podcast, she might actually learn a thing or two about betting and analytics also. Yeah. I think, you know, we, you know I think, I think you do a good job of keeping me from getting too far off into the weeds. Everyone, people get mad at me for interrupting you though. And people don't realize that if I didn't interrupt you, you would go into the weeds. So people don't realize Jeff that without you, I'm nothing like, you know, that's I, not what I'm saying. You know, I think, I, I love I think how probably, you, I think probably you, 90% of the time you would go into the weeds and 10% of the time I interrupt you prematurely, or it might even be higher than that. Sometimes I think I inter- and I've gone back and listened and I'm like, yeah, I probably could have let him go there in that case. But this is one of those cases that if I let you go every time, Oh, there, your finger went up. Well, yeah. Can I, can I just, um, just really quick before I forget, Jeff, I just wanted to let you let you know that I want my wake up call tomorrow morning at eight forty five instead of eight thirty. Can we can we do that? What do you want? You let me when, know? when you call me to wake me up so that I can get out of bed and start my day. Um, I will just teach you how to fish instead. There's an alarm. <laughs> there's an alarm uh, thing on your iPhone. On all the newest iPhones, there's an alarm. You can just set it. And then also, you can probably just have Eli do it because that's when she'll be walking in the door to um, from her night shift or something. She's not on nights this week, and actually, we're we're heading to England tomorrow night. You guys for, are for like wedding. real world travelers. You go to like England, you go to Portugal. How do you deal with the language differences? You know, I just travel with people that are smarter than me and and know more languages. Polyglots. Um, that's the key. Okay. But let, let's so let's actually try to provide um, a useful okay, so, explanation about the Stanford Steve teaser thing. Okay, explain so what he did. Explain what he tweeted. Explain why you think it's wrong. Well, he didn't. I, I was I was watching the Daily Wager, um, and he. By the way, gave, how great is Preston's beard? It's, oh, I love it. Great, it's it's, it's phenomenal. And he's getting good on TV. He's got like energy. Considering like when you talk to him in real life, he's just not like doesn't have that much energy. So on TV, when he's when he's killing it, he's killing it. He just needs Dr Pepper, and then he'll have all the energy. Um, no, so, so Stanford, Steve gave out a pick, which was a three team, 10 point teaser, which it said on screen paid minus 140. Doug later told me that that was a typo. It should have been minus 120. So, um, basically 
uh, a 10 point teaser, we've covered teasers before, but you're basically getting 10 points. Um, right. So what, what are the, the sides for either spread or total? Like so the first leg of that have to be, you know, the chance of each leg of it have to be. Well, we have to do the math there, Jeff. So to figure that out, you take the implied probability and you raise it to the one divided by how many legs power you have. So in this case, um, minus 120 is 1.2 divided 2.2. We're going to do the math live here to the one third power. Our break-even rate is 81.7%, Jeff. No one, no, there's nothing more interesting than math being done on a podcast. We're learning. We're, people are learning. Okay, so, so each leg has to, so, be, has to have an 81.7% probability. Yes. Now, two of those legs were game CTs that were, I believe, like 11.5 point favorite and a 10.5 point favorite. And there were available money lines of about, I think, minus 400 available on each of those so what's the implied what's the implied probability of minus minus 400 is four fifths so 80 percent i'm just helping so you're saying so so i'm I'm saying that the implied probability of the money line was actually worse than the implied probability he would have needed via his tease right and if he's teasing the money line and for an 11 and a half point favorite he's you know if the favorite wins by one he loses on the teaser but he wins on the money line bet Right. Um, but so, so those, you know, so, but like, those aren't good, but, but the, you know, and maybe he likes those sides. And so, you know, he, he thought that um, since he thought that whatever team it was had a better than 50% chance of winning by 11 and a half, that that changes that probability. But in that case, he should have played the money line and parlayed those two money lines together rather than teasing them. But the right. real thing we need to talk about is teasing a total. And this actually motivated me to, um, Come up with a little bit of a you know Google. Can you, can you say what sheet. his tease? Can you say what his tease was, or do you not remember? I, I don't. It, it was it was the Thursday night game. I think it was the. Um, do you remember who the Thursday night game was? We can look it up on the Sports Action app. Can we do that? Last it Thursday. Is, it is good for that. Let's talk about what was on last Thursday. Uh, oh no, because I put picks in, so now it's all messed up. I'll just look at the odd screen. I'll find it. Actually, it's really it's not it's not easy to say what because it loses the date. Actually, what? I take it back. The sports action app is not. Good. Oh no, here it is. Maybe Final it was Friday. Okay, it was Final it was the Georgia Southern South Alabama game and the Temple East Carolina game. So he teased uh, Temple from minus. It closed at minus twelve. He teased them down and he teased Georgia Southern down and he then teased the Temple. East Carolina total from 47 and a half up to 57 and a half. And he took under 57 and a half. Now the teasing totals is not. So he, he, a good so he idea. won, he won this. He won, he won the teaser, but so let's stop. But we're about a process based podcast he here. He won, he won, he won. It's all that matters. He won. We're done. Okay. So just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay. Teasing totals. Why so is teasing totals? totals? So the value of a teaser depends on, um, so, so a 10 point teaser, it depends on how likely the game is to fall in those 10 extra points you're getting. Right. So you have to, you, you need to go from 50% up to 81%. Um, so for that tease to basically be worth it, you, you need that those 10 points to be worth 31.7% there. Um, in this case, in, in teasing a total, you are never, ever going to find a total. What if you well, tease it from zero to 10? Then yes. It, I, actually, I was, I, I, I was, never, I was having an interesting, I was about to say my exception, but I was having an interesting conversation with, with Preston about this. And, you know, if, if you can tease a total, like 
if you get a college game total that 20, it, you know, 33 and a half and could tease that down to 23 and a half, that tease has a value of 30.9%. So you're almost Ooh. there. You're almost there. So you're, you're saying still not like quite there. in so, when army and Navy play this year, that you should probably just blindly tease the over. Well, I'm still saying it still doesn't have value to tease it. But in this case, teasing from 47.5 up to 57.5, I would make the value of the tease 23.5%. So basically, assuming it was a 50-50 bet, that's a 73.5% for that leg. Okay, now, obviously, so let, Stanford let's... Steve liked that side. He liked. We assume he liked the under because he was, he was including that there. So uh, even if he thought it was a you know, 55% chance of winning or something, he still is not getting enough value there. But and see, regardless, if he likes that side, he's much better off just betting the side or rather than teasing it. Or part, exactly. Yeah. So, okay, herein, li- herein lies the issue here, right? And, like, we don't want to make ourselves out to be the people that know everything, right? And, and what we're trying to do is trying to explain why some of the things that are being done in mainstream media are just fundamentally wrong. Right. And again, like we both know Stanford, Steve, he's a good guy. He knows a lot about college football. Um, and he's done quite well in, in supplying information to better. So we're not going to disparage that. But in this case, this 10 point tease, um, this is fundamentally why this is wrong. And there's a, you know, like my guess is it's kind of a fun thing to do on a Thursday night. So if this is just for entertainment, blah, 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 but there are probably better ways to put your money at work, even from an entertainment value than to basically give up this much edge to the casino. It's like when you play blackjack, right? And you're like, Oh, I really want to double that down, even though it's a, an eight and the dealer has uh, a seven showing or something like that. I really still want to double it down because I feel, feel like a 10 coming. And then, Oh yeah, when the 10 comes, Oh, that's awesome. That's fine if you want to do it. It's your money. But ultimately, I guarantee you, if you do that kind of stuff, you will lose your money more and you won't be able to play as much because you'll keep losing your money. So it's just the same thing. We're talking about a huge difference in household here, basically. You know, let's say all, you know, if you have legs that are clean, mine isn't. Let's say you have legs that are 80%, 80%, and 75%, which is being extremely generous in this case. You know, that's still only a 48% chance of hitting and you're you're laying minus 120. So, um, and I don't think those personally, personally, I don't, I think I don't. What, so is there a way to calculate if you were to assume that each game was 50%, what should the VIG off a of three team, 10 team parlay? I guess there's no way to do that. It, it depends on what numbers, right. Yeah. It, exa- it depends entirely on what numbers you're going across, but I could, um, I could still give you that number for different games. Um, in this case, actually, let's see. So a, I have a quick reference. An 11.5 point favorite should win 79.8% of the time. So, um, oh, so and, you're and doing they, like point spreads to basically point spreads to, uh, to money lines. Well, in this case, I'm doing that because it's, oh, it's what he that's what he was basically teasing too. Um, yeah. I, I have, I'd have to pull up a different Google Doc to have, uh, you know, to be able to... Um, and we, we could have Stanford Steve on this if he wanted to, and he, we could discuss it with him and see what his reasoning was. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be interested to know, for sure. Happy to, happy, happy to do that, Steve, if you want to. You have my cell phone number if you want to uh, text me. But, but then here, you, then you're still not including the, the probability of hitting one, which let's say is like 2% or so, so 77. Let's say, seven, let's say okay, so these were 50% ones. Let's say 77, 75, and um, 
what do we say was a 24% on, on the total teaser. So those three together, that's only a 42.7% chance of hitting, which it pays. It was just a huge, it was a huge edge he was giving up. Yes, even if, even if he has an edge he, in the individual plays. Like basically, if you assume 50% on each of those, the household is like 21.7% there. So you're expected at, your, your edge is negative 21.7%. So that's a huge threshold to overcome. That's that's what we're getting at. So if you like those sides, just play them straight or parlay them together or, you know, but. Yeah, I mean, if he had done a three-team parlay there, he would have lost Georgia Southern, so he wouldn't have won. That's true. So obviously it must have been, you know, he, he did the right thing because it won, right? Again. Uh, let's move on to William Hill, um, a very favorite topic these days of those in the United States, um, refusing to pay an accumulator parlay as written, that would have won some blokes. Twenty. I'm reading this. Office. You like my notes here. Twenty-three thousand pounds, claiming pounds. the legs were directly related, i.e., correlated. So, explain to me what happened here. So, uh, someone on Twitter posted a link to this article that where where two guys bet. I don't even know what division of soccer this was, but but they bet on some guy to be the man of steel. So. I thought that was only Superman, but apparently in whatever division of English soccer it is, there's a Man of Steel award, which I assume is like the MV- league MVP. And they parlayed that with with their this particular team he played on to finish in the top five. And so I think right. the first one was 25 to one. The second bet was eight to one. And as they said, they were just going to bet these individually. But the ticket writer at the William Hills, like, oh, you should just part, you should parlay these because I'm sure that they're taught to tell people to parlay things because that's good for the company. You know, more parlays equals more money for William Hill because mm-hmm. uh, anyway, it ended up winning and William Hill refused to pay the bet claiming that these legs were directly correlated, directly related. They were correlated. And so they would pay as if they were um, just independent straight wagers, which means instead of winning 23,000 pounds, the men would have won 1,700 pounds, I think. And so they're, I think they're planning on suing or going to whatever. Um, and the, the reason that they, the, the, the reasoning that they used is that they can change things if there's a clear error and that was made, right? The quote palpable error clause which and you know a lot of people there's a lot of people on twitter or at least a, well there's a vocal minority on twitter of people that are i think um i so think they're british pal- you don't can you de- do you can you uh can you define palpable palpable a clear blatant error so intense as to seem almost tangible able to touch to be touched or felt well i, I don't think that you could feel that error so it must not have been palpable I mean, the thing is, this is not cl- close to a palpable error. No, I mean, palpable obviously, they're, they're directly related. We palpable error is when a team is like favored by seven, and for some reason they put plus seven up. And like, why? If it was that's a mistake. Was, yeah, that's a palpable error. It's a mistake. Right? I think a palpable error is a mistake. It's not a license to have an, a do-over if you act, you know, if somebody wrote a bet no, that they there's probably... A di- there's, a, there's a difference, right? Because a mistake is... A mistake could be, oh, I should have put up minus six and a half and I put up minus seven. Sorry, I mean a mistake like a typo. Okay. L- like, 
sure, the FanDuel situation where they paid out, you know, eighty million to one odds what, instead of whatever it was. Whatever on, happened in that um, DraftKings World Series of? Oh, was that you that happened to? Yeah, yeah. Too soon. Yeah, too soon. Too soon. Uh, okay. Um, but but so I think like I think we've mentioned this before, but the question is. Um, somebody said, somebody responded on Twitter and basically said, no, it's the, the onus is on the, the punter here um, to make sure they're not getting a bet that is correlated. And I, I said, that's absolutely, that's, that's a ludicrously bad take. And that's, you well, know. Because like every, every bet could be correlated at some level, right? That's like, exactly the argument I made. I said, like, if you like parlay if, a favorite of minus seven with the over 41, there is a small correlation. It's not enough that if, the books are expecting to. If there's shitty weather around the United States, and you bet you correlate a bunch, and the the weather prediction yep. all of a sudden changes, and you cor- and you parlay a bunch of unders, that's correlated. Yeah, I was gonna say bet like a national a Nationals game and a Phillies home baseball game. You know, if, if the barometric pressure is higher than expected, and it's probably higher in both cities. I mean, if you just parlayed, if you parlayed the over in every single major league baseball game the first whatever months of the season, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it all yeah. seemed to be correlated because the ball is juiced, right? There you go. That's correlation of the ball's juiced and the ball's juiced there's, everywhere, there's, not just one place. Of, should we play the game? This is like a game show. What's correlated? Come up with things that are correlated. So, uh, so the, the, the point here, though. Okay. You want me to, okay. So, no. The point. The point here, though, is that every you can make an argument that everything is correlated to some extent. The question is, where is that line drawn where a book says this is too correlated and well, we don't well, think Nationals we don't want to take this? Nationals just tied the game. No, they didn't. Yeah, it's three three. Oh, oh, I thought you like were seeing because there's a TV behind me, and there oh, is that, a TV behind you. But the Nationals just tied the game. It's three three. I need to be on the side of the screen. So Juan Soto just it. hit a home run. Yeah, I'm an Orioles fan, and I've always been a Nationals hater. But for whatever reason, this year I decided we gotta like this, we gotta get this podcast done before. Oh, Kershaw was in the game too. He went yard off yeah. of Kershaw. But are you really well, that went, surprised? This is playoff they went Kershaw. Back to back, it's playoff Brandon, Kershaw. Brandon and Soto went back to back. Playoff Kershaw. Anyways, uh, everyone who's listening to this is like, who gives a shit? This happened last night. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but back to the palpable error thing in the correlation. I think, you know, who decides where that where that threshold is where it's, it's sort of an, uh, like the degree of correlation is untenable for the book and they don't think it's, you know, it's a good bet. Like I think they are writing these bets out and at the time they think, you know, well, my, that's, there is an employee there that is making the decision that says, okay, I mean, maybe he's, maybe he shouldn't be making that decision, but if he shouldn't be making that decision, don't give him that power and run your book better. the, The bigger problem, right. And this is like the, you know, there's no honor among thieves kind of situation, right? Like once you've accepted that bet, I mean, you can't just decide that that's not a bet anymore. It's, it's just, it's just wrong. Cause well, like how, how, if that bet had lost, there's no way they, that he would have been able to come back and claim that he should, you know, get his money back or whatever. Right. Well, the, even if he could, he wouldn't think to do that. He wouldn't say, oh, you know, he's, if let's say one of those had won, he wouldn't go back and be like, yeah, I want to get paid on one of these. They'd be like, no, you parlayed these. That doesn't win. That's right. and, and you know they wouldn't have called corporate headquarters or anything for that. No. So no, it's just, literally it's just wrong. the reward that the punishment that William Hill is getting for writing these writing correlated bets and that which they can then take back is that they're getting a free roll. That's not a. They're not getting a penalty. They're just getting the right. Best exactly. Game. They're getting a free roll. It's not a penalty at all. Fucking it's, it's a reward. The the incentives basically are aligned to reward them for doing this. 
They're, mm-hmm. it, this is increasing their profit. They're getting the best of it. Yeah. Fuck it's them. bullshit. Fuck them. Okay. We, um, used, we used our curse word, so now we can have the little explicit tag next to our podcast. Ooh, yeah. exciting. Um, okay, well, I think, we, I think everyone understands why this was wrong, and I think we can move on from that. Uh, futures updates. Want to talk about any future stuff? Yeah. Before we do that, do you want, I didn't write this on our script, but, but I actually tweeted out that I thought that the amount of money books are losing by limiting losing betters is quite significant. I'm just curious. And I feel like people, mostly people in Europe and the UK, the, the sort of the, like, this is, you know, get used to a shitty product. People, um, were like basically like, no, but a lot of people agreed. What, what is your take on that? Do you think that, that these bo- that books in the United States right now are being too aggressive in limiting betters and ending up limiting losing betters as well as winning ones? I don't care. I mean, I'm sort of, sort of done with this whole like crusade that you guys have against. I, I'm, I'm very much of the mindset that um, sports betting in the U.S. as it becomes legal is very much the same as like casino games like they expect you to lose they expect you to lose and that's the um, entertainment value you're getting and if you're not doing that then you're violating the terms of the agreement in their mind and it's the same and i'm not saying i agree with it i'm saying like that's the way that i think that the industry is shaping up and as much as i would have loved that they would have had a different you know thought process as it pertained to card counting they didn't and that's just not why casinos were put out there. They were not put out there to allow, allow card counters to make money. They were put out there to make money off of gamblers and provide entertainment value and, you know, whatnot. So I guess I just don't really care or think about it much um, and so, don't. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I, this wasn't part of my crusade here. This was just a question. About- no, but I think that, that that's part and parcel of the same thing, right? It's basically saying like, how are they losing money? I mean, the, 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 the analysis would then be, well, yeah, I mean, but are they saving money by not allowing and what's that trade off and on and on. And, um, who knows? I don't care. Okay. So futures. Futures. Will we start college? Uh, start with college because we haven't even hit NFL yet. Okay. So, the not a lot of movement it doesn't look like at the very top um oh update i after you, you know this discussion on last week spent the process and consulting with kate i basically added a clause in that said that you know if you're an undefeated power five conference <laughs> champion you are giving it given priority okay. very simple that just basically and then that just kind of supersedes the other parts of the committee rating. So, so that boosts Clemson odd, Clemson's odds. Last week, I only had them at 70% or 50% to make the playoff. Now they're up to 70% because there were a lot of scenarios where they went undefeated and missed it based on how many good teams there are that are undefeated right now and how many we expect might remain that way. So did that or, change their price on your fu- what you thought their future should be? It does. They're now plus 575 before they were plus 863. So they're still, I, I still think they're way overpriced in the futures market, but Again, it's 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 not a two-way market, at least not in most places. So there's no. Does anyone have against any, them? So who's your top five? It's so, Alabama, 
Alabama, that's Alabama 56% to make the playoff and plus 232. Number two is Ohio State, 67.8% to make the playoff, plus 522, followed by Oklahoma, 64%, and plus 623. So Oklahoma has value. Oh, sorry, no, no, no. Clem, sorry, Clemson's right ahead of, of – right, Clemson is plus 578. So Clemson and then Oklahoma. Then we have Georgia plus 790 and LSU plus 998. And then it drops all the way down to Penn State at plus 43.72, 43 to 1 odds. But I was glancing at the Westgate app out in Las Vegas where I'm not and saw that they actually have Oklahoma at, I think, 12 to 1. So I think there's a ton of value there. And they have Penn State listed at 70 to 1. So um, anybody out there that wants a bet that I wish I could make, um, go for it. What did you have Penn State at? Sorry. 43.7 to 1. Hmm. Chris has them at, at plus 40 to one, but Chris has Oklahoma at plus nine fifty nine. So you still think there's value there. I do indeed. You do indeed. Okay. But it, it drops off. So you have these, you have the still, you still have these six teams, Clemson, Ohio state, Alabama, Oklahoma, Georgia, LSU, all 10 to one or better Then Penn state at 44 to one. And then after that, it drops all the way down to Wisconsin at 118 to one. And then, Florida at 126 to one. So really there are, there are only six or seven. It's a six or seven team race in my opinion. Can we, can we do a couple like, let's just finish up and do a couple college picks. I'll just ask you about a I couple like that. games maybe. Yeah. Uh, we got a marquee Bush push game, uh, USC and Notre Dame. Uh, certain pro I know likes, a little bit on the money line for SC and also like some SC plus 11. I think it's down to 10 and a half now. What do you, what say you Rufus Peabody? Is this the, is this the very fast animal? <laughs> Ever told you the story about my buddy or my, one of my wife's friends, her uh, boyfriend was an artist and had a uh, gallery in Hunter's point, which is a predominantly African American neighborhood in uh, and not a super uh, high-end neighborhood in the um, greater San Francisco area. And he walked into a coffee shop that was predominantly African-American. And um, he was kind of in a in sort of like this awkward moment where this woman walked up to him and he said, hey, white boy. She said, hey, white boy. Hey, white boy, tell me a joke. And he looked at her and he was like, he froze for a second. And he said, uh, why are there no casinos in Africa? And she looked at him and she, he, everyone kind of stopped and like you could hear a, a, a you know, pin drop in the cafe. And she said, why? Because we're too poor? Because in Africa, they're too poor? And he said, no, because there's too many cheetahs. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. And then she looked at him and she said, white boy, I like you because you're corny. <laughs> nice story, huh? That is a good story. Anyways, and that's one to grow on. Uh, Notre Dame minus nine. nine. So no real value there. No real value. How about our Texas and Oklahoma, the Red River Raider, the Red, whatever it's called. Yeah, and now apparently you can't do um, horns down. You know that's a creed. You you know that's in uh, Dallas, right? It's neutral. Yeah. So it's always neutral. It's neutral every year. You know that's in England, right? This is nothing new. Ten and a half, Oklahoma's favored by... What say yes. you, Rufus? I, I think they should be a favorite of 14 and a half. Ooh, so you like yourself some Oklahoma in that game. I do, and Kay doesn't like it. 
Of course he doesn't. He went to Texas. No. Yeah. You've been kind of on Oklahoma. I mean, I, clearly you like Oklahoma every week. Um, Wait, can I, can I tell a story about the time that, that when we were, it was one of the years, one of the two years we gave out college picks, like officially and actually all the picks where we had edges and we had, Oh, we, we showed a huge edge. This is like on Texas over Oklahoma. Like I think the market line was like 14 and we had Oklahoma minus 14 and we had like Oklahoma minus seven and Cade was like, no, we are not, we're not picking Texas here because I know Mac Brown and you know, Bob Stoops is going to eat his lunch. Like this is one of those situations where my knowledge of of these teams should override the model. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, but we're, I, I I basically said okay then we're we're making a bet on it I, I'm taking I want Oklahoma plus four or Texas plus fourteen and we didn't bet any money but we bet the maintenance for the website for the year and 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 also if Texas won on the money line uh, we had to change the name to Peabody Massey Analytics for a week and what do you know uh, Texas won and Cade it, it was it was Cade loves telling the story now too is because it really does show that sometimes even if you're close to a team and think, you know, what's going on, um, you're, it's the only, as I said, the only thing worse than a model is your intuition. What about Florida LSU? Florida LSU. Okay. Uh, I have LSU minus 13 is my number Hmm. and the market is minus 13. Minus 13. Ah, no value at all. It's not very What about Alabama, Texas A&M? That's a big game, right? For some people, yeah. If you live in Alabama or Texas. I So the market, I believe there is 17. I make it uh, 14.9. So if I was forced to choose a side, I would take A&M plus 17. But I wouldn't unless God, I... Was. A&M has a brutal schedule, huh? <laughs> they do. A&M and we were talking about Auburn last week it's and how difficult brutal. their schedule was and it, you know, even though they had all those wins, it came back to bite them. Uh, you want to give one other play maybe that you have? Oh, we gave so you I one. haven't actually given a play yet, have I? Yeah, you did. You gave, uh, you gave Oklahoma. I guess Oklahoma, yeah. Minus 10 and a half. I mean, yeah. That, that's still very, very weak. I wouldn't – actually, I haven't bet it. I'd, I'd, I'm only going to bet it at 10. Okay. But uh, let's see. Okay, yes, I will give a play out. We're waiting. I know. Patiently. Oh, Rutgers quarterback is questionable. Again. The different have, you talked to this time. About, have you talked to Cheetah about Rutgers? No, well, Rutgers messed. Like, so the other quarterback, I, I thought the wrong quarterback you was talk questionable. talked to Cheetah about Rutgers because he has, he, they're like in shambles. They like fired all their coaches. Now they are because, and, and their they're guy that was the second string quarterback who was starting because the other quarterback was out is like transferring or something. So they were down to like nobody last week. And that was, she just sent me a text that basically just said like, if Rufus actually followed this kind of shit, it's unbelievable how much better his ROI would be. Really? Yeah. And he didn't mean it in a mean way. He was basically saying like, you know, your numbers and your stuff are so good that you need someone else to kind of like look at some of the other stuff that you don't have time to look at, which doesn't get figured into your numbers. No, that is what my business partner's doing. That's why I have uh, I have stuff that says "rut quarterback questionable" and like, and it's highlighted. It's red. That's, and that that's, is some that is some in depth analysis. I'm glad you're a business partner that can tell you "rut quarterback questionable." That's what that's what you need. 
honestly, it was not, I mean, not can a you, ton you, this week, but I will take, yeah. Plays so we can get on to the NFL. Georgia State against Coastal Carolina. Uh, right. Current line is Georgia State plus five and a half. I actually have Georgia State is a one and a half point favorite. So that's a, that's a sizable edge for me. Very sizable edge. And we will also go with um, New Mexico State. You love New Mexico State. You had them against Do Liberty I? last week. Yeah, you had them against Liberty. They lost, right? Yeah, I can't remember if they covered or not. Yeah, so, yeah, New Mexico State plus 10.5 mm-hmm. at Central Michigan. Mm-hmm. I make it a spread of 6.1. And there we have it. That's what we got. <laughs> so much for giving out mainstream games. <laughs> well, we, we went through the mainstream games. That's, that's yeah. something. Actually, wait, uh, why don't I add South Carolina in there? I, I, I like South Carolina here. Plus I make the them only a, Yeah, I make them a 20-point dog. That's that's a mainstream game. Sure. Close. Close to a mainstream yeah. game. Okay. That's uh, all I got. And we're off. So let's go to the NFL. Uh, let's quickly do futures for NFL update, and then um, let's move into some picks. Okay. Do you know that there's a website that tracks our picks versus um, – and, and it also tracks like Colin Cowherd and the Dream Pod? Apparently, they're all kicking our ass. We gotta like. I'm literally. I think I'm literally 500 giving up picks on this in this podcast right now. I saw that, and and I was four and six. I think it was just NFL though. So so I'm yeah. probably even worse if you had in college football. Uh, any value in in and futures in the NFL? I have not looked at what the odds are at different sports books, but. If you want to go over, you have access about, to this how sheet. About, how about the 49ers? What should the 49ers be? They're kind of interesting, right? They're 15 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. What say you? Probably a lot higher than that. No, I think they're 15. I have them at 15.3 to 1. How about the New Orleans Saints? So this is an interesting one because I think I'm too low on Carolina because right now I'm just assuming Kyle Allen is their quarterback in perpetuity, whereas at some point we expect Cam Newton will be back and that'll help the rating. But I, I'm, I'm high on the Saints still. At this point, I have them as plus 611. So, as I said, though, I think... Little, little value on the Saints. I think I need to run the sim again, though, with some different assumptions on when Cam Newton comes back. What do you have them on for to win the NFC, the Saints? Uh, 26.4%. So, they're, I have them as the favorite in the NFC because so that's they're, like they're, they're going to improve plus, when... when That's roughly plus, plus 330 or something like that? Yeah, right around, like... No, higher. Hmm. Anyways, I mean, I mean okay. lower number, absolutely. Yeah, plus two seventy eight. There you go. Just there you go. Three to one is. There's some value 25%. on them. There's some value on them to win the NFC. If anyone wants to put a put a futures bet down on that. As I said, with the caveat though, I have I have um, Kyle Allen rated very low, and so I have Carolina is only seven percent to win that division. So I basically think that division's wrapped up. Which what about the fact that the NFL own, owes the Saints something now because of last year? Yeah, and they created a rule change specifically to, to help them. You know, the funny thing is, I think that if I think last year during a regular season game, if they had reviewed that same call, they would have the call would have stood. Really? 
based on what I've seen with these reviews, yeah, it seems like there's, you know, every review on a challenge and pass interference, you know, is generally right by the coach. And, and I don't know where their threshold is, but it's, 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 it has to be really, really, really freaking flagrant, I guess. And I think, you know, it was obviously a reactionary rule. We both agree about that. Yeah. It's sort of silly. Okay. Okay. Should we move uh, into picks? Yeah. Let's move into some NFL picks. Um, I will go first. Do you want to go first? Wait, no, before that, do we want to mention anything about sort of the Christian McCaffrey and the MVP conversation and sort of what the analytics world thinks of that versus the mainstream? And is that actually a legitimate question? Is it possible that McCaffrey has been the most valuable player so far this season? I don't, I don't find the argument that interesting simply because MVP voting is just MVP voting, right? And like, if you are a real analytics person, you just probably shouldn't even care about MVP voting because it's a narrative, right? And, and, you know, like, and, and the other thing that's annoying about this analytics argument is that isolating a running back's contribution is really hard. Like just, I just don't think you can do it. Well, isolating um, any player's contribution is really hard. For sure. And that's why it's, I mean, I think a running back is probably as hard as any, right? Like, you know what I mean? It's like, I think a quarterback, you can probably isolate a little better than a running back, you don't think? Yeah. Well, no, I, I don't think. In, in a way, I think a running back, I mean, well, running back, you have to isolate them versus the offensive line. But quarterback, what about a quarterback versus the system he's in? Like, do, what would Tom Brady have been if he spent his whole career with Brian Schottenheimer as his offensive coordinator? But that doesn't, that doesn't like, if you're going back to the MVP argument, that has nothing to do with it, right? Well, I mean, it, it does in a way if you're isolating that, if you're trying to say this is how much value this player provided. But, I mean, I think this argument does matter in a way because as gamblers, we care about the value of a player. And so I'm thinking about it it like as is Christian McCaffrey the most valuable player so far? And how can I quantify that in terms of points and in terms of wins? So here's a question for you then. How much do you, how much it, if Christian McCaffrey was out and they had to, you know, they were downgraded to Reggie Bonnery or whatever his name is, Reggie B. But how, this is what's like, that downgrade? This, how many points is that worth to the spread? That, but the, uh, again, like, I'm not arguing. The reason that this isn't an interesting thing is because we're not going to argue about it. Like I fundamentally agree with you, but I also fundamentally don't care because the MVP vote is a, is a, it's, it's a different kind of vote. You're not like numbers and stats and things like that. This is all the monster that we've created, but a quarterback wins every year, Jeff, which is a quarterback should win every year because a quarterback is always the most valuable player. Just that's the way it is in the modern NFL. Well, and it's becoming even more the case, right? Yes. The modern, the modern, modern NFL. And that's why this discussion is unusual. Okay. I don't think Christian McCaffrey is going to win the MVP. No, of course you he is. You can take Christian but... McCaffrey and I'll take the field. No. My question is, I, I just asked you, how many points is he worth, do you think? Not that many. Like, less I mean, like, in, less in, than in, one, one to like two, how much two does to three, it, how much does it move? How much does it move when he's announced? And then how much is it really worth? I bet it's worth less than less than half a point. 
Less than half a point. Okay. I, I actually have it worth a little more. Maybe a point. I mean, I have it like about, it depends on his, what you have a snap count as, but like I, I have it as about point seven to point eight points. So between a, a half a point and a point, which is essentially what I said. Yeah. Yeah. So, so then who do you think is the most valuable player that is not the quarterback? Ooh. Who do I think is the most valuable player that is not a quarterback? Um, Aaron Donald. Boom. I don't know. How, I mean, how, I, much, how much do you think Aaron Donald's worth? I'll tell you how much my model has him worth. Am, am I? Am I? Do you? Are you? Do are you agreeing with this? Or are yes. you not? Oh, you agree one hundred percent. Agree. Holy and it's, crap! And it's not even close. That's crazy. Uh, he's worth a like a like a point and a half. I don't know. I have him going from my my prediction right now. I have him as an eighty eight percent of snaps player. You go from that down to zero, and just basically, I get, and then give the snaps to. Well, at this point, I'm just letting the snaps disappear, and so taking the average. Don't players. bury the lead. What what is he? Three and a half points. Wow, that's a lot. That's that a, seems like a lot. That's a ton. Yeah, he's that's like this big out. He's this huge outlier, basically. Oh, Malcolm Gladwell would like him because he's an outlier. I hate uh, outliers. They mess up my models. Okay, let's make our picks and let's be done with this because I'd like to go watch this baseball game. Yeah, me too. You can watch it because you can see watch. Yeah, I can't watch it. No. Okay. I, I thought that because gonna, it was behind me to, and, and I'm staring at you that you could watch behind me, but it doesn't work that way. I'm going to take the Chiefs minus four. Ooh, okay. Is it minus four? Because mm-hmm. I was going to take the, the Texans in that game, but it's that line has dropped down before I was able to get down on it. And I think it's on these Mahomes injury concerns. So I have that game as a four-point spread. Actually, 3.33 if you integrate both the models. But I thought, you know, I, it, it opened, what, six and a half, six, something like that. But I, before limits went up. Sorry for that digression. Mm-hmm. I am going to take the Detroit Lions. Mm. I'm stick. It seems like I haven't given out a single favorite on Bet the Process yet. But I am going to take the Minnesota Vikings minus the three. You're going all faves right now. Uh-huh. I feel like I have to. The problem is, you know, I, ha- I have value have on some favorites, but I just favorite, don't have as much. They're favored only by three, and so that means really all they have to do is win by more than three, and they probably will win, right? Yeah, I did. Not, I did not show a lot of value this week on the board. Um, what is the Cincy Baltimore line at right now? Cincy Baltimore is twelve. It's up twelve, 12. minus one sixteen, which probably means someone sharp that they eleven think and a half hit the Bengals. Yeah, I'm going to take the Bengals here. I don't think they're quite the outlier people are perceiving them to be. They're not the Redskins. They're not the Dolphins. They're the Bengals. What did you? What do you have the Falcons? Because the Falcons were one that got hit pretty early, as I think they were underdogs, and now they're um, they were underdogs. No, maybe they weren't. Maybe. So, so no, I have their favorite. Their favorites. They've always been favorites. I have them as a two point seven point favorite, and they're this is one and a half point favorite. Two point five is what I. Have. I mean, if I had so if I had to choose a favorite to take this week um, that I haven't already gotten down on, I guess I'm on a little bit on Seattle, but I got them. Well, 
actually, I got have, Seattle. You, I got Seattle before Monday Night Football, so it looks really good now. I got Seattle plus two and a half before Monday Night Football. I have. What do you, I, make, what do you make Dallas? Dallas. So with Darnold back, with Darnold back, I make it six and a half. Hmm. I made yeah. it like ten without Darnold, and and I yeah, actually our, so. One of our buddies sent out a note when Darnold when the Darnold news came out that nine was just a silly line, and like proceeded in the next the the line proceeded in the next mint like hour to crumble from nine to six and a half wherever it is now. Yeah, I guess the, crumbled. The favorite I like the most probably is the Rams this week. Interesting. Minus, I mean, I'm not on it. You're minus not. Three and a half. You haven't. Been I'll, I'll get it minus three all year though. You haven't been big on the Niners all year. Um, I was on the Niners against the Browns on Monday night. You and everybody else. You and everybody else. But I was also on the Raiders. With nobody else is on the Raiders. You and nobody else. Yeah. You and nobody else. Okay. Well, thank you guys for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. The breakdown of data analytically driven media coverage of sports gambling is pathetic. The bottom line is watered down. It seems like they don't get it. Puppeteers are put to end just running off a of it.